Promise keeper. He's our healer. He's our everything. He's our all in all this morning. Well, we greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. We're thankful to be here in the assembly of the living God, knowing that there's more in the unseen realm than there actually is in the seen realm. And that's not an expression. That's actually what I'm going to preach on, connected to the unseen. And if we're, uh, if we are a bride people and we realize that we're moving in another realm of things that are to be, uh, our heavenly home is bright and fair, our future home, Brother Brandon was preparing us, connecting us to this unseen realm where we belong. We don't belong in this seen world because we know that those things that are seen are going to pass away. But those things that are not seen, they are eternal. And we're thankful for the eternal word of God. And we're thankful for a word and a message that has come in our generation. And we can't thank God enough that he came by our way to make this word a living reality. I'd like to, Briscoe was mentioning Brother Milko. I'd like to bring uh, greetings to you from Brother Milko. He's been on our prayer list. Um, If you don't have a prayer list, grab a phone list. And um, Brother Milko has been on it. Brother Ron Spencer has been on it. Brother Tim Pruitt, his wife, had another uh, brain bleed. And, of course, uh, they've rushed her to the hospital. They're doing some examinations. Apparently, nothing is is uh, wrong right now at this time. And we thank God for that. We have needs within our own assembly. And we're thankful that God is a miracle-working God. And he's not a God of the past. He's a God of the present. We use many times when we use a quote, we take Brother Branham out of the 60s or out of the 50s. But what Brother Branham was actually showing us through his whole message was Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And if you do recall, he he preached the message, uh, raising him out of history. And we had to have a prophet to show that we have a resurrected king living amongst his people again today. So we're thankful for that, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ myself, the pastor being here, and and we ask the Florent family to sing a song for us this morning, and I trust it came into your room and your home as blessed as it did here. And every special that has been sung over the last weeks, and the brothers that have been ministering, every service has been a special service. And we're thankful that the Lord is a personal God. That can come and speak to us individually. Take a whole subject and maybe take a thought or a a quote or a scripture. And all of a sudden it meets the need of the people. And that's the great shepherd taking care of his flock. And so we want to greet you and, and, and thank you once again. This is, this is all strange and it might get stranger. Uh, who would have thought if you, uh, we would have said just a short month ago that we would be in these kind of conditions? We never would have thought it. If we would have said it, we probably would have been tagged a heretic. But now that we have it, uh, we're here. And we're not looking to this scene realm. The whole world is geared to find out what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next in their realm? I want you to keep that in thought. In their realm, they're wondering where it's going. In our realm, we know where we're going. And that's where we have to keep focus, saints. We are connected, and I like to preach on connected to the unseen. 
We are not connected to the scene. The virus is an unseen thing that's going about destroying lives. But Jesus Christ is present now to restore a life, to resurrect a life, to save a life, to change a life, to rapture a people. And that is what we're believing for. And, you know, a lot of times I was so blessed when Brother uh, uh, Brother Tim gave the missions report. I asked him to do that. I would rather have it early than late. Because it's affecting the whole world. And when we see something affecting the whole world, I was saying to Sister Joanne, whenever something, an instance happened, whether it was when the prophet was alive, whether it was a blackout in New York, or whether it was a situation, and uh, he would always say that that was an indication. That was an indicator. That's, that's showing us the coming of the Lord is near. Well, now this is a global thing. This is not an isolated situation. This is happening globally. So I must, I must declare then within myself, Lord, what are you doing globally within a hearts of a people? Because the realm that this world lives in is not our realm. And we must, well, we'll take scripture on that this morning. I don't want to be long, but I want to be succinct. And I, I, the word of God, as the prophet said, takes the fear off the people. And we are not fearful. No, sir. We're not fearful. We have preached the token before the COVID came. The prophet preached it back in the 60s. We've had the token for 40, 50 years protecting our people. And it hasn't changed because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so there's something that wells up within our hearts. Satan, you're coming on my territory. The word is my life. I rebuke you no different than Jesus rebuked you in the wilderness. And this world is a waste howling wilderness. So if he came to the son of God, he's going to come to the bride of Christ. And you have to have the same reaction that the word had because she is the word. So she will rebuke Satan the same way her headship rebuked him. Get thee behind me. That's the Bible. That's, that's our position. And when that is why things happen is so that we can awaken to what God has called us to. Not churchgoers. If we're churchgoers, well, this is an empty church. We are the church. Brother Bram said it's not the building, it's the people in the building. And so now you are the church of the living God and I've come into your living room. Your children are sitting there. And here I am. So I'm going to try, Lord willing, to just maybe bring something for maybe various levels. Because I know that the children need ministering to just as much as the adults need ministering to. We have a tape library. It's now over 1,100 messages. You can feed on the body word of the Son of Man any moment, any day, any time you wish. But by the grace of God, the ministry will try and tap in to spiritual food in due season. And that is, is uh, what we've been privileged to be able to be identified with. And so the good morning to you all. This glorious resurrection morning, wherever you are on the state side or on the Canadian side, we're all in this together. We're in the rapture together. And so now no one's worse off than anybody else. We're all... If we looked at what Brother Tim said, 
And we looked at Uganda, where they can't even drive a car. They can't even find, get some money to have food. We are blessed. And so whatever condition we find ourselves in, we praise Him. We thank God for it. And so without any further delay, I'd like to turn to the Word of God. If you wouldn't mind taking your Bibles and turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And stand with me as we read the Word of God. I mean, there's so many different levels in, in 2 Corinthians 4. Um, I'm amazed every time I, of course, you pick up your Bible. I'm amazed because every scripture seems to come alive. And then you, you look at it and say, how did Paul tie that scripture into where he's going? And and then, then you read the whole chapter and you blow your mind out by reading one chapter in the Bible. And now you know that it was men of old moved of the Holy Ghost. It certainly wasn't Paul writing the scripture. It was God in his servant writing the word of God. So I'd like you to take, please, Second Corinthians chapter 4. And we like, I'd like to look at, we'll go quickly right into it, verse 3. Verse 3, I have, I've, uh, I have a habit, don't let it scare you, I have a habit of bringing my message books with me, so the quotes that are normally in my message are also here. So it's just, uh, just uh, don't get scared. We'll try and, and, and do this just properly this morning, here for you in time. The Bible says this in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, and I like to take it slowly, so I'd like you to absorb this. But... If our gospel, so we're reading the Bible as though it's my gospel, our gospel, this message is my gospel. I know people get choked over that. They say, well, the Bible is my gospel. The Bible is my gospel, but the message came to make my Bible alive. And so I want to include it. Don't let it stumble you, but it's nevertheless the truth. The Bible says here, but if our then gospel, if our gospel be hid, or if if it's it's cloaked, or if it's covered, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now that that's that scripture alone you can tie in in unveiling of God. Who is this Melchizedek? Because Brother Bram says. Only the predestinated see this. So now, uh, being a word prophet, we have to go back to the word to find out now what is he saying. He's saying what Paul is saying. But if our gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are, what? Lost. So the Bible's only written to the redeemable. So if our gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom? Now let's put the onus where it, where it should be. In whom the gospel, now notice, uh, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now don't put it on the Lord and blame God. We might as well put the blame where the blame should be put. And that blame of this hidden gospel is by Satan himself. But he cannot blind the believers. Hallelujah. The gospel cannot be hid to those that are the seed of God. 
And so now Paul is writing here in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest, now watch this, he blinds them for a purpose. Lest, Paul says, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, what Paul's saying is, the light, Jesus is the light. He is the very image of God. So one could say, Lord God, Thomas saying, you're my Lord and you're my God. And, and Nathaniel can accolade him and give him, you're the king of heaven. But then the Pharisees say, you're Beelzebub. You're of the devil. You do the works of the devil. They are blinded to the image of God. And Jesus Christ is the image of Almighty God. Satan binds his own children. But a prophet comes in this generation to unveil that which was hidden. Because it can't be hidden to the elect. That's why he preached the unveiling of God. Mighty God unveiled before us. What was he doing? He ripping off that which was hiding Christ. Thinking he could get you. Satan thought he could get you. But he cannot get the redeemed, brother Nathan. And you must rejoice with us this morning. Because this message is only revealed to his children. And in that alone should have your housetops lifting off its foundation. Looking around your family and say, he came to me. Jesus came to me. The resurrection came to me. Life came to me. Hallelujah. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light, look what the light did to you. Look what the light did to your lives. Took you from the grip of Satan to, to change you and transform you into the sons and daughters of God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. What a, what an hour and what a time to be living in. You have to understand and you have to believe when you read, whether it be Bible or whether it be the message, that it's very pertinent for the very hour and time you're living in. You cannot read a message book saying it's 1959. You cannot read Paul and say that's 2,000 years ago. People don't read the Bible saying, oh, that's 2,000 years ago. Neither do we take the message and say, oh, that was 40 or 50 years ago. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whether the devil likes it or not, this redeemed is tied to the unseen. We have come from the thoughts of God. We are going back to the very thoughts of God. So God had a purpose in sending a message was to unveil this Christ. To tear that which would have been hidden. But he only tears the veil off the believer. And so every believer that's listening today or maybe tomorrow or maybe next year. 
God takes the veil off of his seed. This gospel is only hid. Are you understanding this? Those that are here. Those that are on the internet. This gospel is hid. So the object of Satan is to try and disconnect the connection that we have with God. Do you understand that? The job of Satan is to try and disconnect your connection with the God that dwells in you. That's what Satan is trying to disconnect when the bride realizes who she is. Now, Brother Branham says in Christ the Mystery God Revealed, in God of this evil age, he takes and he takes the predestinated. She will not fall like he fell. She won't fall. It's been prophesied she won't fall. So we understand that. We believe that. And we're revelated by that. But nevertheless, if we are gods, there is a devil. And that devil right now is trying to disconnect you from God. And don't tell me he's not. I got a disconnect the other day and I was upset. Does anybody turn on their computer and it never connected? And get frustrated? Oh, I know, you're just sitting in your rooms to say, no, it never happens to me. It happened to me the other day and I'm just frustrated to the max. I'm disconnected to something that's been devised by the tree of good and evil. And it's upsetting me. And so my screen isn't coming on. Then John falls off when we're, when, we, when we're on our um, video link. And he's just frozen there. But I'm hearing his voice. And I'm upset. What are the brothers doing? How come that's not connected? Oh, we got to disconnect somewhere. Don't tell me disconnection doesn't make you upset. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do to you in the spiritual realm. Is trying to disconnect you. From your personal walk with Jesus Christ. And it should upset you more. Than your computer. And if you don't have. If you don't have the smarts to reconnect. You're going to find somebody that's got the smarts to connect you. Isn't that true brother Roy? I mean that's why we have families. Is because you know here. You got to have somebody that's going to reconnect you. And God had to have a messenger. To reconnect the people. Because Satan from seven church ages has tried to disconnect. But God sent a messenger to connect a people back to where they came from. And we're going back to that, brothers. And don't let Satan try to confuse you in COVID-19. Because if it's not COVID-19, it will be another name. It will be another devil. We're trying to disconnect you. But what this actually does is like the angel driving them back to the tree of life. Hallelujah. This message is driving us back to Jesus Christ. So that we have a connection. People think, near Satan says, well, you don't have a job, you're disconnected. No, I might not have a job, but I got time to be connected. So I don't know if I'm going to have any money at the end of the month. I know a God that will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. 
These are scriptures saints have lived with. And they have used and lived by for thousands of years. Do you think we're going to get by with anything less? The bride has to be tested. And we will be tested. We will be challenged. But I want Satan to know this gospel is not hid to me. This gospel is more alive to me this morning than it was last week or last month before COVID came. It makes the Bible alive to me. Makes the message alive. So what Satan is trying to do to us as an assembly, look what he's done. We have a disconnect on the American side. We have a disconnect on the Canadian side. Well, all I know one thing for sure, saints, I have a love more. Not a love less. I, I told Sister Joanne, I said, when we get our first service, when that border gets open, and the saints of the redeemed come gathering in, wash like snow, free from all sin. I'll tell you what, it won't just be an amen and a few claps. They'll be singing and shouting and glorifying God. Why? Because we appreciate and love one more. And that's what Satan does get because he hasn't got that in him to love. He blinds his own children and he feeds, Brother Bram said, on the flesh of his own children. But God has now, now Satan's only a perverter because we also eat off the flesh of our God. We are eating off the body word of the son of man himself. But what we eat gives life and what they eat gives death. So what a world we're living in. What a time we're living in. So we can say now, as we've sung now for years, 40, 30 years, some of us, peace in the time of trouble. There'll be peace in the time of the storm. See, those those are songs we sing because somebody went through a storm and actually got alone with God. And God came into their little closet and peace like a river (laughs) started to flow in that little room and inspiration came. So it doesn't drive the believer away from God. It drives us to Jesus Christ. And we must keep that in mind. Tell the devil this morning, not only am I connected, but it doesn't matter what you throw at me, I'm going to stay connected. So I phoned up Michael. Who else would I call? I called up Michael. said, son, my screen isn't working. Oh, that's impossible, Dad. Your screen's got to work. This is a day of technology. Your screen is going to work. I said, it's not working. It's been driving me crazy. I've been studying off this little screen. I need a bigger screen. He said, Dad. I go, yes, son. Is it plugged in? I go, what? Of course it's plugged in. So I look around my desk. Hmm. Nope. And you feel foolish. You feel foolish. Because it wasn't a major catastrophe. All you had to do is plug it into power. Saints, this is not a catastrophe. Come on. This is not a catastrophe. You just have to look around and look and get connected one more time. And you will see there's power. Power in the blood. Power in the word. Power in in Jesus Christ. Simple connection. 
Maybe this is all for a little simple connection. Maybe some of you have just been, just, you know, a little bit waning and, you know, getting caught up in Laodicea. You can't. You can't go shopping, ladies. And that drew a great amen in the unseen realm. Huh? We can't go to Home Depot, brothers, and walk the aisles and say, I might need that tool. No, we can't do that no more, Nathan. We can't do any of that. Joanne and I are having a wonderful time. We actually go for walks after 40 years. Not bad. But saints, if it's doing that in the natural, shouldn't that be doing it in the spiritual? We're having a reconnect. A reconnect. At a time when Satan is trying to disconnect. We have a connection to the unseen. And that unseen, saints of God, is what's moving you forward. Now, Christian friends, Brother Bram said, infallible word of God. Now, Christian friend, our time is fleeting. Really late. I realize I'm going to be responsible at the day of judgment for my ministry. God gave me this ministry to win souls. Divine healing is just not for the healing of the body. Are you listening? Divine healing is not just for the body. This is what he's saying now. It's to catch souls. So divine healing, Brother Bram said in one place, is the hook. But he said, my ministry is to catch souls. See? The body may be healed, it'll get sick again. That's right. And it's got to die. But that soul, once born, now listen, once born and connected, once born and connected into the kingdom of God, they have eternal, everlasting life. Amen. Those that are truly born again of the incorruptible seed of God are connected to that everlasting eternal home. Amen. When eons will roll on and the eons of time, it will still be the same. You're connected. Hallelujah. And that is what should give us great joy this morning. Because you've always been connected. That's why Brother Bram saying you never got eternal life. You always had eternal life. So now being born again by the word. Or that unveiling takes place. Shows you're not Satan's seed. Or serpent seed. It shows you are the seed of God. And once the seed of God, always the seed of God. Everybody understanding that? (laughs) Lifting him out of history. We're standing tonight on the brim and watching come to pass and unfold two great scenes. These two great scenes are these. One of them is the ending of history. Okay, there's two great scenes unfolding. 
saints that are at home and saints that are here. There's two scenes that are unfolding. One of them is the ending of history. The other one is the ending of time. So there's two things unfolding right now. History is ending. Time is ending. So now time has to pass away for eternity to come. Amen. That's why he said it's the ending of time and the blending in of eternity. Because time is only a, a hickey in that great circle of God's infinite realm. And many great men down through the ages have longed. Think of that, Louise. Longed to see this hour that we're now approaching. They have longed since Martin. St. Martin. They've longed. Because they have believed in a resurrection. But didn't understand that there was going to be seven ages come. But at the end of the age. When the son of man is revealed. Or unveiled. Or that which was hidden. Now revealed. At that day. There is going to be a rapture. And this rapture is going to show. Who's connected. And who's not connected. And you might as well rejoice this morning and say, I'm connected to Almighty God. I'm plugged in to that eternal realm. Satan, you can't have my children. Satan, you can't have my wife. You can't have my family. Amen. We are now living in the end of. Brother Ben, it's time to go get Anthony. It's time to go get your sister. Why leave it to mother and father? You're a son of God. You go get them. That's what it's all about. You want a church-going church? You might as well go down the road. But if you want a word-going church, you've arrived. Well, word has to be an action word. He was full action. He was not dormant. Jesus is action. Any man down through the ages has longed to see the hour, Margaret. They've longed to see what you see. It's unfolding to great scenes. We're now approaching. And as we live in this glorious... Oh, everybody says, COVID-19, man, don't touch me. No, Brother Ram says, it's the grandest. It's the glorious age. They're worried. Hey, let them worry. I'm not worried. We'll do our due diligence. We'll do our social distancing. We'll do whatever they want to do. But I'm not worried. I'm just not worried. Man, people are jogging down the street and all of a sudden I'm riding, I'm running to the other side of the road. I don't want to breathe their breath. I mean, who's ever thought of that before? Anyway, we got sidetracked. So many people have longed to see this glorious, grandest age that ever man has been permitted to live. Now, if the prophet can say that, I can say that. This is the most glorious, grandest time. This is the greatest unveiling time. This is knowing who we are time. This is showing who the devil's children is. This is showing who God's children is. Amen. So now this uncovering... Not only reveals the devil, but it also reveals who we are. <laughs> Hallelujah! Because we're not blinded. If we're not blinded by the God of this evil age, 
Amen. The great unveiling of Malachi 4 has come to tear that denominational veil that hid us from the longing of your soul to get into the Shekinah glory that was in God. So it took a messenger to come to rip the veil so that you and I could see who God is. Because the denominational veil was blinding you. Satan was blinding his children and still blinded to it. But Malachi 4 got the king's sword. And with the king's sword, he rent that veil in two. People say, oh, I want to know. Listen, are, are you adding to the Bible? Hey, Jesus rent the veil into a Calvary. But a prophet came in this generation. Must my Jesus have another Calvary? There they, with wicked hands, crucified my Jesus, who is the Word. Hallelujah. So a prophet, Revelation 10, 7, had to be here. Trent the veil. So that you can say to Satan, you might blind your own children. Come on. You might blind your own children, Mark, or Calista, but you're not blinding me. I was thinking about your salvation the other day. Thinking you at the back of the church. Because I was preaching. And God got a hold of you. And no, and, and you can say, praise the Lord. How many years, Calista? 20 something, 24 years? Still here. Why? Satan can't blind God's children. Glory. We're connected to that which is in within the veil. Oh, hallelujah. That was what you desired, desired, Brother Bram said, since a little boy, a little girl, you can fellowship with me on this side. Since that little boy, little girl, you always wanted God, but you didn't know where to find Him. But you never found Him. He found you. <laughs> Amen. This message came to find his elect. He said, oh, don't you feel this is the grandest age? Oh, I can hear that unseen realm saying, amen. The grandest age we've ever been permitted to live. It's the closing of time and it's the blending of eternity. History only tells us what we've read and what we've been. But what is in the future is in the hand of God. So it took God's hand to unveil what the future would be. So now here Samson had in his hand the jawbone of an ass. And he took down a thousand Philistines. Shamgar took an ox goad and killed 600 Philistines. But God put a messenger in his hand, one throughout the ages. But this one in this day, in the hand of God, has fought back 200,000 supernatural demons. And the blessing of the messenger and the benefit comes on the believer. That's what the prophet said in Church Age book. The benefit of the messenger... Comes upon the believer. 
And the same one that binds those devils is the same one that you bind tomorrow, Brother Roy, and today. So that which is in the future lays in the hand of God. So God had to have a star for each age to show each one what their future was going to be. And God, in this age, showed you and I future home. Things that are to be. Mighty God unveils. Rising of the sun. He told us what the future is. He told us. And their eyes were open. One day they're walking on the road to Emmaus. Think about it. That's actually how I started the subject. And I don't know how I wound it up here, but this is where I am. They were on the road to Emmaus. I said, Lord, we've been on the road long enough. Then Jesus himself, the Bible says, drew near. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, without you drawing near, we couldn't see nothing. And beginning at Moses and the Psalms, Jesus unveiled who he was. And God came down in this generation to speak to you and I on this road. Starting at Moses and ending with John on the Isle of Patmos. He started to say who you are, what you are. And we got to run with this message. And that's why I enjoy missions meetings so much. Seeing what the message has done in India and still doing it. It's not dead. It's not dead. I remember at Brother Dave and Sister Linda's wedding. They had a, uh, they had a fellowship room. We were in the fellowship room, fellowshipping with the people that were in the, that had been invited to the wedding. And Linda was close to a uh, man on the island that's sort of a minister, works with the evangelicals and, and he was in Africa. And I just happened to see him standing there, so I just went up to him. And I said, sir, how are you doing? Nice to have you at the wedding. He says, well, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Nice of you to come up and talk to me. Oh, I said, I got no problem with that. I said, I can talk to anybody. And he goes, well, thank you. He says, what do you do? Oh, I said, I just hang around the church. I just part of the church. He said, no, what do you do? I said, I'm actually a minister in the church. Oh, he says, you're a minister in the church. I said, yeah. He says, I, I actually, I, I minister too a little bit. I go over to Africa and uh, I'm just so disturbed of what's happening in Africa. He said, it's terrible. He says, we've been working for 20 years. And the people that used to be there, they're no there no more. We used to have a couple, three, four hundred people. And now we are lucky to have 10 or 20. I said, you got to be kidding. I said, I just got back from Africa. Oh, yeah. He says, you find it the same? I said, no. No, I don't find it the same. He said, what are you talking about? Oh, I said, I just preached that convention for young people. There was old, eh, about 7,500. He goes, 7,500. Oh, I said, that was nothing. On Sunday, the whole church showed up and there was 12,000. 12,000? There they see the decline. But as the message unfolds, and you looked at what was on that screen from India to Uganda to Ethiopia, because God's a God of increase. Do you get that? God's a God of increase. To those that are connected to Him, there's an increase of power, not a decrease. And so that's, we saw the brother from India that thrilled my heart, saying, Brother Bisco, you came here in the 80s, and the message is still going to around India. 
That my heart left, saints of God. I've been here when Brother Biscoe started in India. And it's not dying down, it's building up. And I want to say to you, for the believer, this is the grandest age we've ever lived in. It's the blending of time, he said, and eternity. So it's the greatest time for the believer. And he said, it's the greatest sinful age for serpent seed. That's what it is. It's, it's right. There's more sin in this age than there's ever been. There's more sin in this age than there's ever been. And the powers of Satan are many times harder to fight against than in every age. Uh-huh. But Jesus is here. Come on. Jesus is here. Listen, we are no, we're no match to the devil. It's not Tom Ray against the devil. It's Jesus in me. Fighting Satan himself. Hallelujah. And that's why we're connected to the unseen. They might not be able to see him, but God has given you eyes to see and ears to hear that unseen realm of God. Amen. Amen. Paul writes there. Now, Paul writes. I'm sorry. We're doing all right. Okay. For which we faint not. I want you believers. We're Bible believers. I want you to read the Bible with me. But we faint not. Amen. Why? We're connected to Jesus. We're connected to the word. We faint not. But though the outward man perish. All right. You say, Brother Tom, you used to have blonde hair. You used to be a lot thinner than you are right now. You used to be stronger. Though. Paul's writing now because Satan's children blinded. But God's children ain't blinded. Your outward man might perish. It might perish. But your inward man is renewed day by day. God sent a message to renew you, to strengthen you, to let the devil know, I'm not unplugged, Daniel. I'm not unplugged. I'm plugged in. I'm plugged in, Anno. I'm plugged in. Yes, sir. We faint not as serpent seed. We faint not. No, sir. Though the old man perish, Tom gets weaker. Tom gets older. And I look around the room and we all getting older. But by the word of God that is in you right now, you can say, but, as Paul says, the inward man, Brother Roy, is getting stronger. Day by day. And let me ask you, did Abraham get weaker or stronger? Though the old man perish, though he got older. But the inward man, what? It was renewed. Melchizedek came his way. Jehovah Jireh came his way. Elohim came his way. What was he doing? He was charging. He was charging. Melchizedek came our way. Elohim came our way. Jehovah Jireh came our way. Hallelujah. Amen. I might be getting weaker on the outside man, but the inside man. Hallelujah. 
We're getting stronger day by day. That's why Caleb could say at 85, I'm stronger today. He was 85 years old than I was when we first came in the land at 45. How does an 85 year old say he's stronger than 45? Because he wasn't looking at this. He was looking at what's on the inside. Don't you look around the room and look at that. Because Luis, you're going to look like me in a few short years. Mm-hmm. But I want you to say, but the inner man. Come on. You that got a connection, the inner man. Hallelujah. That unseen realm. Oh my. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know, there's more angels in here than you. Uh huh. Look at that. I'm preaching just like I'm at home. Yeah. Amen. I want you to feel you're at home, saints. We're at home. The brothers are on the camera. We're at home. He's running around all over the place. Well, they're pulling on me. Doesn't matter if it's one or ten thousand. Does not matter. We are being renewed by the inner man. It's not just a, you know, oh, is it the church or, you know, is there enough amens in here? I don't care. You could say no amen, no nothing. I'm still going to have my motor running. Amen. Amen. My motor's charged up. One brother said, how are you doing? I said, well, my motor's revved up to 100,000 RPM. But my body is saying there's nothing to do. But the word of God still got us all revved up, saints, because it's a living word. So Paul's writing here says now, he says, well, we don't look at the things which are seen, but the, the things that are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal. They're passing away. These pews ain't going to be in the future home. I'm sorry. This church isn't going to be in the future home. But I tell you who's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Ben, are you coming with me? We're going to go around the throne a few thousand times. Singing, shouting, glorifying almighty God. Said, this is why I played the piano. It's not me. It's the power of the gift that God put in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Are eternal. So Paul writes now, we faint not. That word faint means, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged that there's a handful here. Don't be discouraged that you're at home. God has made a way for the word to come into your living room. Made a way to come into your office or wherever you are today. God has made a way for a word to empower you, to strengthen you, because we're not disappointed. We're not discouraged. Paul said that you faint not. I'm not discouraged. I'm not discouraged. Paul goes on to say in the Greek, he said, we faint not. True. We faint not. I don't not discouraged. I'm not utterly spiritless. I'm not exhausted now. I'm not exhausted. No, I'm not exhausted. I'm not even weary. No, sir. I'm not weary through fear. I'm not worried about COVID. I'm not worried. If God wants to take me home, take me home. 
I told Sister Joanna to walk, and as we walked over on the other side of the road, and the other people are running and puffing, I said, honey, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Because to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Because that unseen realm is more real to a believer than this tangible realm that's passing away. So I'm not weary to fear. Though the outward man is decaying. And look at Brother Roy's got a white beard on. I remember when it would have been black. But now I'm looking at an old man. He doesn't mind that. He's my buddy. Though this old man decays. <laughs> Just for you, Brother Roy. So you, Judy. Maybe you want him to shave it off. I don't know. But though this old man decays, Paul is saying. Or it's wasting away. Yet our inner self is progressively, this is what the Greek says, is renewed. Renewed. Day by day. For our light affliction. So Paul called, this is, you know, you're going to tell your children of God should tarry, son, we made it through COVID-19. And the brothers that were in the Colosseum are going to go say, really? Really? Six, the eight million kill martyrs throughout the ages. Really? We're going through a hard time. I think it's about time the church grows up. We're not in a hard time. But this is a great time to be living in. Men have waited throughout the ages to live in this Hour. Live in this time. One of the brothers had mentioned this, so they just mentioned it in passing, so I thought I'd take a look at it. And it's a different quote, so it won't, I won't bore you by repeating it again. In unfailing realities of the living God, you want Brother Bram says to belong in heaven. You want to belong in heaven. Sinner friend. I got it written here. Oh sinner friend. What's the reason of your needless delay? We're not afraid. But you might be afraid today. You that are backslidden. You listen to this. We're tied to an unseen realm. And when God decides to pull that string of red, we are going to go to be with Him. But what about you, sinner friend? Where are you going to be? At best, the tribulation. At worst, in hell. So Brother Bram says, you want to be long in heaven. That's where your affections ought to be. On things above. Jesus said, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. They're going to fail. He said, stay with God. Stay with reality. God's a reality because that which is unseen is eternal. Stay with God. You say, well, Brother Tom, I see you. Look past the veil. Oh, I'm looking at Jean Manasseh. Look past the veil. 
Ah, I'm looking at Judy. Look past the veil. We got to look past the veil in one another. Realizing our affections are on things above. Because only God's children have that affection. That's only true. Only God's children want to go to heaven. Joanne and I were talking the other day. We were talking about my mom and dad. Why I'm so burdened with my mom and dad. So desires to see dad saved. Dad had a heart condition. Dad passed away at 59 years old. And I wanted, we had them over for dinner. And I so burdened for them and looking for an opportunity. You know, the devil never gives you an opportunity. Mm-mm. Never gives an opportunity. But I'm the kind of fellow that actually likes to make opportunity. So if I'm not going to get one, I'm going to make one. So I was getting their jackets out of the, out of the closet. And I said, devil, no, no, no. So I hung them up and I sat my mom and dad down and I said, dad, I want to ask you a question. I said, dad, have you ever thought of heaven? Mom, have you ever thought of heaven? Have you ever too ever talked about heaven? And the answer to that question blew my mind. They said, no. I said, in over 30 years of marriage, you have never talked about heaven. I said, well, I am. I'm going to talk to you about heaven. And I said it as straight to my dad as I would say to you that's on this Internet. I said, Daddy, according to the word of God, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. And so we talked about heaven. We talked about that land across the river. That's where our affections ought to be, Brother Bram said, on things above. Stay with God. Stay with his reality because God's God. He's a God of reality. He has always been. In all ages. Any time that a man ever walked with God, God was a reality. So people that say they go to church and God is not a reality, you're living a lie. And Satan has blinded your minds. But to those that are the elect, God has ripped that veil. And this Jesus has become a living reality. Because we are connected to that realm. God is a reality. He performs signs. And wonders and miracles with his people. It's God's purpose to do so. I was, I just had the privilege this week. My daughter-in-law, Sister Rebecca, Sam's wife, Sister Rebecca Ray. She hadn't been well for three weeks. Goes to the doctor. Diagnosed as having walking pneumonia. Makes an appointment with the doctor. Misses her appointment because the doctor missed the appointment, not Rebecca. They phoned out and said, you've missed your appointment. She said, no, it's not till tomorrow. But she was feeling terrible and not getting any better. But Sam and Rebecca called and said, Dad, we want you to pray. And we prayed. And she went to the doctors testifying. My father-in-law prayed. And I do not have pneumonia. Why? Our God is a reality. We walk in that realm. We believe in that realm. We speak in that realm. Hallelujah. It's not a God of history. 
Because he's only shown you what's been. God is a God of reality showing you what will be. Amen. And that's why a prophet comes in this generation and preaches things that are to be. They look in history. We look to the future. Amen. We look to this great God that he is. Right here in Louisville. Now he's saying this God is a reality. Right here in Louisville. Can I say right here in Cloverdale? Right here in Lang, right here in, in Linden, right here in Blaine. Right here in Louisville. Not long ago, there was a really nice family. You say, well, Brother Tom, I don't have, I've been asking this for years. Ask again. Ask again. Jesus told us about the unjust judge. Ask again. Ask again. If you don't get it, ask again. Right here in Louisville, not long ago, there was a very nice family. But they had a sick baby. They called to pray for the baby. The doctor walked out of the hospital. Said, what about the baby? They wanted to know, well, where's my baby? What's wrong with my baby? My ba- your baby's dying. So the doctor said, your baby's dying. There's nothing can be done. And that's what you're hearing today. Don't get your mind caught up in science. Every second word, science says. The science of this says. Science says. I don't care what science says. I care what the word of God says. So science now is saying the baby's dying. The baby's dying. What about the baby? There's nothing the doctor said can be done for it. Science. Nothing can be done for it. It's got leukemia. The baby has to die. Now he's past judgment. The baby has to die. I thought, oh God. You ain't said that yet. There's Brother Bram talking. Oh God. You ain't said that yet. God never told the prophet the baby's going to die. You ain't saying that yet. I never witnessed that yet. So he says, I went to talk to the parents. And the parents were crying and sobbing. The baby was gone as far as they'd known. They said the doctor was right. said everything that he knowed to do was done. Leukemia is a killer. Nothing can stop it. The baby's going to die. Listen to what Brother Ram said here. Now take it out of the realm of the prophet. Now put it in your realm. He said the grandfather of that baby said. He says you. Brother Ram says now you know the case. He said that old grandfather. He said. He heard me speak. Are you listening? Saints on the internet. Saints today here. He heard me speak. About the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said. I used to remember years ago. An old preacher. Said that there would come a time. That a people. Would receive the Holy Ghost again. Come on. I want to hear amen. I want to hear it all the way from Linden. Amen. We'll see the Holy Ghost again. And signs and wonders. Will be done. Is amen. God had a prophet prophesying. And someone took the prophecy of that unseen word. 
and brought it in from the unseen to the seen. Tucked it into the unseen of his heart. Now look at what he did here. It would be done. So that grandfather went into a little room. And he wouldn't stay with his family. No more. He said, I'll stay there. And he cried and he prayed. And when that old fellow walked out of that room, sweat hanging down across his bald head, his eyes were glistening. And he said, that baby shall live. That's the realm of the believer. We reach into the unseen and we pull it down. And it's a reality. Amen. Brother, and Brother Bram said he remembered hearing an old preacher say, there will be a time when the people get filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember a preacher saying, son, it shall come to pass. There will be a bride of Jesus and he'll drive the devil at last. The whole world groaning. Amen. We're going to drive the devil out of here. You say, well, Tom, I didn't know that you were a songwriter. I'm not a songwriter. I'm a son of God. And we're going to drive the devil out of your home, out of this church. Amen. Because, saints of God, this gospel is not hid. But it's been unveiled. By the mighty God that has un- been unveiled before us. You ready for a few quotes now? Amen. Have you been taught right? Remember I, I used a quote not too long ago. Brother Bram said, I've taught them rightly. Satan, you are defeated. Brother Milko, you stand up and say, I claim my healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because the unseen is coming to that seen realm. Coming here right now. Oh, God. If the world could only see that. That God. Come on. Here it comes now. God and man are becoming one. Brother Murphy, shout amen for me. Amen, somebody. God and man are becoming one. The veil's been rent. Hallelujah. God. If the, oh my, if the world could only see that. But it blinded them. It's hid from them. It's cloaked from them. But God has revealed it to you and I. Why? Because now, the super sign. Don't sit in your homes and mope. Don't be discouraged. Don't faint. Don't be weary. Don't be weary of these light afflictions. Though the outer man perish, the inner man is renewed day by day. What's it renewed by, Brother John? The Word. The Word. Can you imagine you walking down the streets, wherever you're walking now? Excuse me. The word has become flesh. 
We go to, go to our little work and we sit in our little lunchroom, we eat a little sandwich and everybody's afraid that you're going to say something. Well, say something. Don't be afraid of it. Just say it. If you only knew what I had. Well, they're either not going to give you a job or give you a promotion and get you out of there. I said, oh, God, if the world could only see the super sign, the super sign, God and man together, the super sign of the last age, when the entire Bible has to be fulfilled. So he says in Masterpiece, he fulfilled that which is in the Old Testament. Now the bride fulfills everything that was in the New Testament. Are you being renewed? Are you being strengthened? Are you being edified? Are you being built up in the faith? God and man is becoming one in Brother Nathan. Ah, losing a few hairs there, huh? Where'd that, where'd that gray come from? Though the outer man perish, that inner man is being renewed day by day. The veil's been rent. The word has opened up. Amen. Feed on it. That's what this is all about. They say, well, the devil says, I got you cooped up in the home. Yeah? Well, you just get your MP3s out and start playing it. Say, devil, you got me in my home. I'm hearing from heaven. That's not me speaking. That's him speaking. Amen. The same God, in my unveiling of God, same God that unctioned men to write the Bible is the same God that's interpreting the Bible right here. Rip. Just in case if somebody had a little bit of their veil still hanging there. Rip. I can do, I can do, I know, I, now you said all things, I want you to do the first part and I'll do the last part. All things. Who can? Who can? On the video, who can? Who can? I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthened me. God taking the veil off, showing us the super sign. The super sign wasn't just Malachi 4. Wasn't just Jesus Christ, but now Jesus Christ living in you and me, this unveiled Christ manifested in the bride called Jesus Christ is being renewed under her messenger in the face of Laodicea under the curse of COVID-19. She's becoming stronger. But the church has got a super sign. It's God back in his church. Hello, church. Hello, church. Hello, church. God's in his church. God's in me. You say, well, Brother Tom, when are you going to need it? When your daughter-in-law calls and she's got walking pneumonia, that's when you're going to need it. Or when Sister St. John calls, she said, I haven't had, I haven't had rest for three days for an abscess tooth. We pray and the pain leaves her immediately. So, but it came back. Brother Bram said, the same faith that drove it away. He says, gotta have the same faith to keep it away. God's in His people. It's manifested. The Word 
is manifested. It's manifesting time. Where's it manifested? I'm looking at it. I'm looking at you. It's manifesting time. God is in you. God is in His church. It's God's unfailing sign. It's His unfailing sign. The Word and man has become one. All my soul and all that is within me. Do you have a few more minutes? I can keep you a few more hours. You know I can, but I won't. Want to continue, please? I'd like you to take a look at this. Hebrews, turn to Hebrews chapter 9. I would like to get back to, actually, 2 Corinthians 4, but maybe we'll get there next week. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. I give time for those on the internet to turn to your pages. Hebrews chapter 9. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26 says, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment, The Bible says, so Christ, once offered to bear the sins of many, right? You've got that there? Semicolon. And unto them that what? Look. Where are they looking? Seen or unseen? They're look for him. Shall he appear? The world has got to know nothing about it. Brother Bram said he's not coming back to earth. He's coming for his bride. So God's going to appear. And unto them that look for him the second time. Shall he, I'm sorry, for them that look for him, shall he appear? Or be manifest the second time without sin unto salvation. I'd like you to take a look at the word because we're using that word this morning. And we're going to close on this thought. I'd like you to take a look at unto them that what? Hide their head, fall asleep? No, to them that what? Look. To them that look, in the Greek, is A-P-H, aphoria, or aphorio. A-P-H-O-R-A-O. It has a unique definition to them that look for Him. That look for Him. Not disconnected, but connected. To Him that look for Him. That word is very unique. How many have ever been into a, in the stadium? Maybe in high school you have a stadium. Semi-pro, pro, professional, whether it be basketball, football, there's a stadium. 
Some hold 50,000, 20,000, 30,000, 60,000. Half the ego of every one of those professional players is watching 60,000 people hooray for themselves. They're egotistic, narcissistical, whatever they are. Paid a lot of money anyway. And they want to be looked at. And they do their grandiose closing, jumps in the hoops, and sometimes it looks like they're going to go through the hoop when they put the ball through the hoop. Come through the end zone and they got antics. I've seen more dances by football players than I have on a disco, but I don't go to disco. That would have been before I got saved, of course. They want everybody to look at them. Look what I did. I got the touchdown. It wasn't him that got the touchdown. It's the quarterback that threw the touchdown. How does the guy that get the touchdown get all the glory? I don't, I never got that. Somebody will clear, somebody will clue me in on one day. You gotta have the quarterback and you gotta have the receiver. Something, something, you, gotta, you can't do it without. Why don't they lift them both up? I don't get it. Only one guy gets the glory. Maybe it's the quarterback that gets the money. I don't know. It's one or the other. Lest I digress. Listen. Him that look for him. So this is actually a sport. The reason why I went to the sports, this is actually a sport connotation because the Greeks were big into sports. A foil. It's a pitcher. Now just get this mental picture. It's a picture of somebody running, a runner. But what is different with this runner than it is with any other sport is he is oblivious to the spectator. I want you to think about that. When you're running this gospel race, don't worry who's watching you. Paul is saying just look to him. Look into that other realm. Look to him. Don't worry about who's watching you. So so the Greek goes into, that runner is actually oblivious to the thousands of onlookers. He has them not in his consideration. He's a top athlete. He's focused. And his attention is concentrated on that one thing. And everything else is excluded. He's looking at the prize. That's why we're running this race. God has opened our eyes. We're plugged into glory. And there's not a distraction. Economics will not distract us. Diseases won't distract us. Shortages won't distract us. Nothing will distract the believer that is looking to the unseen. He's locked in to the final prize. I say to you this morning, get locked in. Know that you are connected. The God of this evil age has not blinded you. Jesus has come and ripped the veil. And you now are seeing Jesus high and lifted up in all his glory.
So if it is hid, if this gospel, this message is hid, it's hid only to those that are lost. To whom the God of this evil age that causes sickness and death and destruction, war and pestilence, That's the God that blinds them. As the Bible says, blinds them lest the light of this glorious gospel. And I, I real, I'm going to close on this. I know I'm going to close. Close on this. Lest the light of this gospel, who is the image Think about it now. Who is the image, the light of the gospel, who is the image of God shining to darkness. I want you to take a look at that word image. And this is very important. And this is what I would like to close on. Lest the gospel, light of the glorious gospel, who is the image? So let me ask you, who can only see the image? Paul isn't writing about an image on a coin. Are you listening to me? Everybody listening to me? Because that word image in the Greek is icon. E-I-K-O-N. So Paul is not talking about an image on a coin. He's talking about another image. Lest the image of God shine on them. Unless that image. So that image then... It's not represented by an impression on a coin. That's not what this word is being used for here. Like Caesar, Queen Elizabeth, or Benjamin Franklin. Which, which dollar, is that a hundred dollar bill? I don't know. Why did I say Benjamin? It must have been Kydri Diggs. He said, I only want Benjamins. Isn't that what he said? See, I don't forget. Though the outward perish. The inward man remembers these things. <clears throat> now listen. Lest the light of the go- glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of this invisible heavenly reality. I love that. I love that. So only God's children can reach into that realm to see the image Of that heavenly. That's what Paul's writing on now. That the image of shine, lest the shine on them. But it could never shine on them because their God has blinded them. But God rich in mercy has allowed that image to now shine on me. It can't shine on darkness. It can only shine on light. So we being a part of heaven are reflecting heaven. That's what the image is all about. So you say, well, Brother Tom, why did you take this? Why did you take that? This subject then is to show you the super signs here. That heavenly realm is shining on us. Shine on me. Now listen to me. It is that invisible heaven reality form can't shine on them, but shines only on his children. Paul is saying that, showing you 
that it shines on the very essence of what shines on. So the essence of God only lights the light of God. Shine on me, Lord, shine. I want you to find this now. I'm going to take it slow now. Now, lest the light of the glorious gospel, which is the image, which is a representation, that image, which is Christ, referring to now Christ being a physical manifestation of the invisible and heavenly form, reality form. That's Jesus. Lest that shine on you. Of God should shine on them, which is the supreme expression of who God is. It can't shine on them. So it doesn't apply to the feeble form, the Greek says, of something that is of a coin. But the image is shining or illuminating that which is on the inner core of God's seed. Amen. Icon conveys that Christ is whatever God is. Mm. Christ is a mystery God revealed should be coming alive to each and every one of us. Icon, now just in closing now, now that image of God, that image of God now, which had become visible manifestation of an unseen reality, which Jesus came from God, went back to God. So that invisible realms came visible. So that image could shine on us. Or that image now, which is an attribute of God, Paul is saying here, not a created as though it's a created image, but showing that that image is the very essence of what God is. I think I got that point across. So it's the essence of God visible in flesh. Thus, the invisible is becoming visible on the image of God in flesh. It can't shine on darkness. It can only shine on those that are His. They can only be a reflection of what God is. So now, lest the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image, who was that that invisible, uh, heavenly reality form become visible in manifestation. That should shine on them. If it shone on them, it would show that they themselves would have a God part in them. God illuminates His own. That is why we can sing the chorus, Shine on me. Icon. Meaning Christ is whatever God is. That the image of God should shine on them. The essence of God came to Roy and Judy Florin. The essence of God. The inner part of God. God came to you. And that's why you can say, musicians come, He came to me. He came to me. That image actually has three parts. So if the image comes to Anno, and that image shines on Anno, then Anno will have his likeness. 
Isn't that marvelous? It's called the likeness of God. You will also be His manifestation. Woo! Getting heavy now. Not getting skim milk anymore. Brother Tom, let Him shine on me. Let the image of God, let that invisible come visible. Let that glorious Jesus shine on me. Then let His image, the essence of God, it's that super sign. Do that work not only on me, but in me, Lord. So now you're not only in the likeness of God, you're in the manifestation of God, which shares the reality of God. Christ is the perfect likeness of God. You become like God. May God strengthen you this morning through the word of God. If you can rejoice in the super sign, in what God has done in your life, I'd love you to bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. His likeness and image to perfecting me. Just think about it. His likeness and image to perfecting me. The light of God shown to the world. The enemy can't see this. Only the elect can see this. That part of God which comes from the unseen to the seen. How often, Brother Bram said, don't you see that light over there? Don't you see that? That was a God looking into that unseen realm, bringing that unseen to the seen. I can say, same as here, Brother Bram said, oh, if the people could only know. And he says it in, uh, I believe it is, Unseen of God, 1958. There's more angels in this building than the people that are represented here. May the angels of God anoint your faith to believe, Lord. Drive out the darkness within my own life. Don't let Laodicea disconnect me. Don't let this invasion of this cursed virus have an effect on my mental being. Lord, drive me to the tree of life. Drive me to your word. Let the image of God shine on me. That I can show the very essence and image of God to a dying generation. That I also then could be in your likeness, Lord. Your manifestation. And may I take the very thought of your word. And realize that I'm in the perfecting part of God's thought. Heavenly Father, at the closing of this little service. Lord, realizing that we are connected into that unseen realm of God. Barely even scratching the surface, Lord. But we had a prophet come in this generation. So often brought that unseen realm into the presence. Lord, we're praying that the mighty God that is present here. Where you, prophet said, and who's this Melchizedek? Jesus is here more real than television will ever be. Angels are here. I pray, God, you'll be in the rooms of your believers. If there's any need, Lord, any burden. I pray, God, you'll come into that room and you'll deliver each and every one. Lord, take the blindness away and let the light of the essence of God shine on each and every one of them, Lord. May the glory fill their temple. May it fill their homes. Wherever they drive, Lord, may it fill the car. May the unseen realm of God become seen through these tabernacles of flesh. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. 
It's Jesus on the inside, looking towards the outside, making a difference within every life, Lord. I pray you'll bless your people, strengthen them. Lord, as they go to turn this internet off, I pray that the presence of God will linger, Lord. Let them realize they are not the devils, but they've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The light has shone in their homes. And it's tore away the veil that we could pierce now into the unseen realms of God and realize the super sign is walking in flesh one more time. Would you bless your people? Hear us when we pray, Lord. Deliver us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And the people of God said, Amen. Well, I asked the Florence to sing another song, because I want them to come and help me. I want to sing Psalm 34. This poor man cried. And he answered me. You're going to help me? Might as well come on up. Don't sit down. Come on up, Roy. We need the angel choir to come. The physical choir. Come on, Margaret. You're going to help me. You're all going to help, man. Come on. We're all helping. We're all singing. Judy, don't, don't. What's What's this? I'm talking about the poor man. Poor woman cried too. We all cried. And he answered me. Jean, what are you doing? You know I'm going to call you out. Come on. All right, let's.
the Lord. Amen. We should be able to magnify the Lord, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to leave you with one last quote. Said that this super sign, it's God. God ever remains to that super sign. It's God in man manifesting the written word. This word. God bringing the unseen to the seen realm. That God be written in your flesh, written epistles, read and known of all men. May God bless you, bless the family of God that assembled this morning here and bless us with song until we meet again Wednesday night. God be with you. Brother John Andes will be speaking. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.